0: Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my co-host, academic advisor, Ross Ferguson. Hey, you're not my academic advisor. I could be if I you, would, just if you messed want up. me to. I said my co-host, academic advisor. You're academic advisor and you're my co-host. So we're, we're slowly getting better at the introduction. <laughs> They're going to get worse. Uh, the, the thing that I was terrible at back in the olden days when, uh, um, when, when Ronnie Kurtz was co-hosting with me was the transitions. Okay. Moving from one subject to another. Like, speaking of ham,
1: yeah.
0: you know, we're talking about when Jesus s- sent the pigs off the – or whatever. <laughs> I made, like, a bad transition. Um, I think our
1: thing is going to be bad introductions. Bad introductions. I've also noticed that you haven't done any um, sound effects either. Oh, do you want sound effects? Well, I was just like – What sound effects do you have? I
0: just don't even know what they are. Uh,
1: I mean. There you go. That's going to be my new introduction. That's like for laundry detergent or something, (laughs) you
0: know? Uh, Yeah. Sanctify with cleaning crystals (laughs) designed to make your dishes spotless every time. Get Sanctify. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast brought to you by Dr. Matthew Barrett, who's standing outside the studio waiting to record his own podcast. I'm wondering when these jokers will be done. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Hey, let's move right along because Dr. Bear is hovering outside waiting to use the room. Preacher Pet Peeves. A couple of weeks ago or two, maybe three weeks ago, so we did a Worship Leader Pet Peeves, Equal Opportunity Offenders. And we had quite a few pet peeves. Preacher Pet Peeves. I have quite a few Preacher Pet Peeves as well. Uh, I'll start. You started last time. I'll start with this one. Here's one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's really not that huge a deal, but to me, it, there's a theological connotation or, or theological, um, implication of this. When they scold the congregation. Okay. So I hate the good morning and no one says good morning. I said good morning or I can't hear you or you can miss uh, my life. You can do better than that. <laughs> I know it's just like, it's so, it's just preacher banter yeah. and it's so corny, but to me, it's like, Hey, you're not here. To scold us—that's law, man. You're here to give grace. So if you got to give a unilateral good morning, you just give a unilateral good morning. Maybe yeah. it's not you know reciprocated. You just roll with it, yeah. Because you're here to proclaim, not to have us you know make you feel good up there. Well, I've seen that
1: happen at just totally inappropriate moments. Like you've just sung this wonderful worship uh, song that's brought you to the foot of the cross. Yeah. You know, a heart is just overwhelmed by the love of Christ. And then the preacher stands up and goes, Hey everyone. And you're like, (laughs) Whoa, you read that wrong. That's the guy who came out of the green room. And and then, and then everyone was like, "Uh, Oh morning. And he's like, Whoa, come on folks. And you're like, Uh, you have just ruined the moment, you know? Um, so I'm with you on that one. Um, mine's going to be my first one, apologizing and excuses.
0: Okay, um,
1: so apologising for, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really sorry. Didn't this have time is, to prepare that kind of thing. Well, well, the yeah. apologising is more for the theological things. So I'm really sorry if this is going to touch hard a little bit on your heart. And no, don't, don't apologise for what Scripture and the Holy Spirit is yeah, doing yeah. in someone's life. And second, cannot stand this one. Sorry, I didn't have time to prepare this week. <laughs> right. I'm like, what do you mean? This is your job <laughs> to do this. I mean, I think you can say. You know, there's been a couple of funerals this week. There's been a lot of pressure, right? Right. And so, what we've actually done this week is we've passed uh, the sermon responsibility to the elder, or um, we're going to have a slightly shorter time together, and we're going to pray more. You know, I think there's yeah, yeah. room for that. saying, "Hey, just got so busy this week,
0: I didn't really have time. So, you know, I'm rehashing man, just all do time. it, right? Yeah. Just preach it. Yep. Yeah. Give us what you got. Don't because you draw attention to it for one thing. We we may not even perceive it as yeah. a as a you know, uh, a flaw yeah. of or, or or an imperfection. We well, may see it as an asset. Well, it was a shorter sermon than usual. And, you know, it was 20 some minutes long. That, yeah. And, but it was, you know, we'll just assume that's a, you yeah. know, a uh, executive decision that yeah. you made. You, you don't have to apologize or, um, I won't name his name, but w- one of our good brothers was preaching at our, at our church a, a, a few weeks ago. And I attend the first service. You attend the first service. I did attend you? the first yeah. service. So we attend yeah. the first service. And, um, and he, he apologized throughout. He did. He was making caveats yeah. and apologies. And it was a really, he, he, he was afraid that the sermon was going to throw people off. And I, I forget what it all was. In between services, I went to him and I was like, look, this is a good sermon. You don't have to be afraid yeah. of any. I mean, it's, it's so interesting, the material that you're dealing with. I'm, I'm not going to be specific because yep. it, it'll help identify him. Um, it's really strong. I was like, take all the apologies yeah. out. You don't have to apologize for yep. any, you know, for any of that, for none of it. Just take all that out and just preach it. Yeah, And, um, and he followed that advice. He said in the second service and it just went, it went so yeah. well. He really felt, you know, confident and, and. Um, it's just not necessary, yeah. And it, may, it it just it makes you look like a worse preacher than you would if you just preached what you had. It also gives a weakness to the message as well because mm. people, are, especially if it's on a theological
1: it, type issue, exactly yeah, yeah. because people are like, well, if he's apologizing for it, that must even he went a bit too far there. Yeah. When actually that's what Scripture is saying. Don't again. I come back to don't don't thwart the Holy Spirit by apologizing for
0: it. Yeah. What's one of yours on on your list? There? Um, uneven points. So okay. when point
1: one is oh, most of the sermon. Yeah, I call this symmetry when there's no yeah, symmetry. Yeah. And point two and oh, three okay. are, no, yeah, not, not the, actually the time spent. Not the spent articulation on the, of the point, but the time. The actual and the points. time spent. Okay. Um, so, so point one
0: is like 15 minutes
1: long. Yeah, again, a recent sermon I heard, it was 20 minutes for point one. Point two and three were maybe 10 minutes each. And point four was just a whole quick, you know, paragraph. <laughs> right. It's yeah. a, it, what that tells me is uh, either you've over prepared um, for the first half. Um, You haven't actually sat down and worked through the end goal of the sermon, yeah. Or actually, you um, are are just not kind of in in practice of trying to communicate. You don't need to communicate everything in point one, yeah. But if you're going to say four points, I want even points. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's similar to my. So I I wrote down no clear structure. So that's a structure. It's just uneven. Yeah. And I would just say I don't know if this is a pro tip or not, but. Um, you want the the least material under point one um, so that as you're progressing, you actually give a sense of the sermons moving you know more quickly than it would. So uh, if you move from point one to point two, you give the impression of the sermon is moving more quickly, yeah. um, and it just helps your hear, not feel like it's a long it, – it feels like a longer sermon. Yeah. You spend 15 minutes under point one. The whole sermon may be 35 right. minutes or something, but it feels longer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we preach very
1: differently. Um, yeah. I, I was in Jared's class. He was like, hey, this is <laughs> this is how you preach. And I'm sitting there going, oh, that's not what I've done for the last 10 years. Um, yeah. So we do preach differently, but I do agree with the, just don't heavyweight the start. Yeah. Um, heavyweight the end rather yeah. than the start. Yeah,
0: for me, the clear structure is necessary. And I don't think there's a magic number in terms of you got to have three points or two, you know, four, whatever it is. But when there's no clear structure, you're just getting up and talking um it 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 can feel like a long sermon even if it's, if it's not a big expansive exposition and in your mind it's just a one point sermon but if you're not really clear on yeah. that structure and how you're you know uh, delivering that content to the hearer it just feels like a long yeah. rambling mess. Okay, yeah. what's next for you? Um I have taking too long this is kind of a minor thing but taking too long to get to the text. Yeah. One of my biggest pet peeves is when the preacher goes Open your Bibles to John chapter 13, and then he doesn't even read anything in it for like 10 minutes. It yeah. drives me nuts. I'm sitting there like an idiot with my Bible open <laughs> thinking, are we talking about this or what are we talking about? So I'm good with some kind of introduction, setting the scene. Whatever you're doing, I call that the uh, thematic introduction. It can be an opening illustration. I'm good with all of that. Just don't take forever yeah. because it gives the impression that something else is setting the agenda yeah. for the sermon. The text sets the agenda. And I know in some services, people have a, the scripture reading before the sermon yeah. and that sort of thing. So you got to think through some of that stuff. But if it's just a long time before you even get to Bible, yeah. it really drives me nuts. I'm, I'm going to yeah.
1: extend that point even okay. further. All right. Open to John 16 and then never read the passage. <laughs> Do you know, like I've been in a couple of those. The <laughs> verses, but then the other one that grates me the most Yeah. Let's do John, turn to John chapter uh, one. As you're turning there, let me start. So in the beginning, no, yeah. I haven't even opened, uh, you posted <laughs> this on Facebook once. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like- can I just open my Bible and get yeah. to the page? Well, especially you read it? I mean, and
0: and you're you know well versed in the Bible, you know your way around the Bible. Get up to it what about the person who doesn't know? You know, well they don't hitting, know where the
1: book is. They're hitting John one. The guy's like, right, my first point is yeah. like what? So just give
0: people some time <laughs> yeah. and get to the passage quickly. And you may even want to. Co- I've I've started um, coaching fo- so like at, at Liberty, we typically say something like, "In your chair, Bible, this is page whatever." Yeah. So there's people who are new to the Bible. Or they're unfamiliar with that particular Bible that's there, and they can just turn to the page number very quickly. If I'm not in a you know situation where there are pew Bibles or chair Bibles, um, I'll say something like you know John is the fourth book yeah. of the you know yeah. New Testament. If you can get there, you just want to go Matthew. Mark, you know, I'll tell them kind of where it yeah. is, or you just give people permission to look at, at the look table at the contents. of contents. Yeah. You know, you know, feel free to do that. There's nothing embarrassing about doing that. You know, just help people find yeah. where you're going is good. Um, okay, I've got one. Um, No self-awareness. So I don't like a self-conscious preacher. That's the guy who's probably apologizing all the time. But the guy who doesn't realize he's making clicking noises with his mouth or that he's doing the same gesture or position in the pulpit, um, you know, there's just not an awareness of what you're doing, how you're coming across. That that really bugs me because we're hearing every, you know, smacking or whatever. (laughs) I'm just like, stop smacking. How do you not hear that in your own head? Right. So for me,
1: I fiddle with my
0: wedding ring. Oh,
1: gosh. And yeah. uh, I've had to learn not to do that because I had one guy come up to me after the sermon and said, uh, I feel really strongly led to pray for you. And I was like, Oh, you know, appreciate that. Yeah. What led led you to that? And he went, Throughout the whole sermon, you were pulling on your wedding ring. Is your mm-hmm. marriage okay? Is your marriage okay? <laughs> like, like, it's a My wedding uh, ring is stuck. That's why I'm playing for yeah, it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, I totally agree. Uh, another one for me that's a bit weird in terms of self-awareness, and this is going to get weird fast, Uh. is sweating while preaching. Oh. So I'm very much somebody that gets quite enthusiastic when he preaches. Okay there's certain shirts that I cannot wear okay. because it makes it a little bit obvious. Okay. Um, and again, there needs to be a self Do you take a towel? Do you have a towel when uh, you go uh, up there? Do you have one of those well, like, If, I do, if I do two, se- <laughs> if, I, if I do two services, I'll need two shirts. Put oh, it that way. wow. So uh, for me, I'm looking forward I, to the preaching lab and the pastoral <laughs> training oh, no. Yeah, um, there's plenty of deodorant, so there's okay. no there's no smell. Um, this is getting weird fast. Um, but it, it is self awareness. I don't want people concentrating on how sweaty I'm getting. I want them concentrating on the words that are being spoken. In the scripture we're looking at. Yeah. So I have to be aware of what I'm wearing, so that that doesn't become obvious. Um, and I know that seems like such a random thing to talk about, but there is a self awareness. Right. If if it's so obvious, you're just sweating buckets that's what people are looking at hmm. rather than your facial expression of how you're trying to yeah. kind of bring the gospel to. So I, I'm very conscious of that. That's
0: one of those like self exacerbate but like once you know you're sweating too much and you become <laughs> it self-conscious, just <laughs> it just gets worse. See, I don't know how you do preaching with like a jacket on. I'm like, yeah,
1: I'd be and melting. A sweater,
0: it has to be a, a pretty cool room because it's happened mm. before. Um, Dr. Allen likes to keep the ch- the chapel the as chapel. you know because you've attended chapel, <laughs> yeah. um, like a meat locker. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's why, but it's it's a good comfortable room to preach in. There is it stays no really sweat in that room. I no, can tell it stays cold, them. and so it's very comfortable. Yeah. I preached once at this church in New York City that did not have air conditioning, and it was actually fall. This was like October, I think. Um, and so I dressed for what I thought October in New York City would be like, and it was so hot. Mm and i this is before i used the ipad and i preached on 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 paper uh you know from paper manuscript and uh, i did this this leadership event and the room was so hot and i was dripping sweat so badly the ink on my oh, no. paper was running brother i'm not making this up it was it was like copious sweat was falling onto this paper and my the the letters were running and I just thought, and it was so bad. Like I was, I, I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could read what was on there, but um, I was just really uncomfortable. Yeah. And the more uncomfortable I got and the more I'm yeah. thinking about it, the worse it got. And you're like, oh, is it hot in here? And I was like, no,
1: we're all fucking, <laughs> 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 we're like
0: dying. Oh, I, I did so preach bad. in a
1: church once where the, the older lady sat on the front and they had a little air heater um, oh. and it would, it would waft right across my feet yeah. on the, on the platform <sighs> to these old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like it's getting hot in here and everyone's like no, no we're okay and so halfway through the sermon I was like I feel like I'm literally preaching on top of hell oh I gosh. need to switch this That's heater good. off <laughs> so I switched the heater off yeah. about five minutes I was like I could feel the coolness coming back to me mm. <laughs> this old man comes yeah. up switches it back on because the old ladies are shivering in front yeah, of me oh my word! I'm like
0: I think this is the first time I felt like I was literally <laughs> preaching fire
1: and brimstone you know, Gandhi, and it's on me
0: too. There used to be, uh, when I, in in my church in Vermont, because we didn't have, you know, air conditioning in there either. um, And some in the the, the summer months, they would open up the side windows and things. But it was just like, so they had these big stained glass windows. And at the bottom would just be a little small separate window. And you could open that up. And it just didn't really provide much. So someone brought a fan, a little fan, and they plugged it in and they put it under the pulpit. So it was like blowing up. Um, And that, you know, that felt. Pretty good, but it, you could hear it. Yeah. So the whole time you're preaching, you're uh, think <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't really like it on that level. But uh, anyway, so, so sweat. Okay. I, I got another one yeah. um,
1: Christian catchphrases okay. while preaching hmm. to get a response. Mm, okay. So I feel like this is more that an experience don't ring I've your bell, seen. That Your clapper's broken, that kind of thing. Yeah. Let go and let God. Oh, okay. um, God is good all, the, all time. the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know. So that stuff um, frustrates me because I think if you're going to say amen or that's right or preach it, whatever, um, that should be natural. Mm. That shouldn't just be because you've said a line. Uh, I do remember once when someone said to me, preach it, brother. and I'm like, I am. (laughs) Let me preach it. (laughs) But I think saying things, and and all preachers will know this, when you write in your script, you know the lines that are going to get a response.
0: <laughs> or, or that you hope will. Or that you hope will. I, the, I, I don't
1: fly with that because mm. um, to me, to me that's kind of cheap. Uh, it, it's, it's trying to get a response in the You room. mean the little
0: catchphrase thing? things? The little catchphrasy okay, things, yeah. 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 You can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs>
1: But no, no Okay, uh, but, or even things like say, like bringing the gospel uh, explicitly into your sermon, yeah. but saying it in such a way that you are really hoping the room is going to say, amen, and I'm with you and that's right. And all these things. But you're preaching for worship, brother. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you want to, I understand, but trying but, to be clever. But doing it specifically to get that response. That's what I have a problem with. Doing I see. like your script, doing it and people wanting to respond, yeah, I'm yeah. fine with. But writing specific lines like you, um, you know, I, I've done it. I, I know I've done it in the past where I've written specific lines, and I'm like, you know, here's the joy of Christ, and I'm looking, everyone's face is miserable, and and I want, I want to see them laughing. I want to see oh, them I saying, "You hey, I want to see responses. Writing things in just for a response. So you're not talking about just like well-turned phrases or climactic or you, exultational. You, that phrasing. is one element, but okay. another element is writing to, in a way that gets reactions. That would be kind of like the scolding. Yeah, part, kind, sort of, kind of like that. But it's more, I, I want reactions to be natural.
0: I see. I want people to be led through So you scripture. want to be as boring as possible <laughs> so you know you really earned it, is what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we need to go back to the preaching class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so more pet peeves. I've got, um, well, here's here's a big one. I don't know, maybe we should know this. There's no gospel. Uh, uh, you're talking about yeah. no text. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the whole time I'm listening, and I'm like, "Where's Jesus? Where's the good news?" Maybe you know Jesus shows up in a cameo appearance at the end, you know, but there's no connection to the text of any kind. Um, But especially when there's no gospel, uh, that it, you know, and 20 years ago I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Um, But now it it really stands out. Gosh, I'm craving good news. I want to hear good news, brother where's the good news, you know? And and I think also twisted
1: gospel. So if there's no gospel, twisted gospel. I once, I was in a sermon just recently where the the individual said, um, Jesus plus me is a majority. I was like, oh, so Jesus without me is a minority? (laughs) Like I was in the going, what gospel is this that you're preaching? Yeah. And he was basically saying that um, on our own strength, we can't do it, we need Jesus. But he was also saying, Hmm. Jesus needs us. And again, it was the, the gospel message was getting a bit kind of twisted around, but I think a clear um, I, I think you, you write on this qu- quite often, a, a clear gospel for non-Christians and Christians. Don't just assume your church doesn't need the gospel because they've been there for several years.
0: Yeah. Um, you got any more? Uh, old
1: material used too often. I don't have a problem now you're repeating really material. On my toes now, uh, now. I don't have a problem <laughs> with old material, but when it's used too often, too often that, uh, that you've grown stale. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just boring. You don't really believe in it anymore. Mm. Uh, you, you believe in the message, but you don't really believe the words. Um, yeah. I, I, I was a, advised once if you're traveling around preaching at different churches, feel free to use one sermon. Um, And I preached a, a sermon on Jude, and I preached at, I think, four different churches. And I was like, I have to park this because mm. I'm losing passion. It's, it's, yeah, it's almost this. like uh, now you're performing an act. Kind yeah. Of. This is my absolutely. act. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think that's it. I have a couple more, but I'm not going to mention
0: them. You're not going to mention them.
1: Why? <laughs> because I feel like I'm getting grumpy.
0: Um, <laughs> that's the whole point.
1: Okay. Summary after each point. Hey, this was my point one. Now, before we go to point two, this was point one, now point two. Okay. Now it's point three. So here's point one, point two, and now point three. And just to finish up, here was point one, point two, and point three. Thank you for telling me <laughs> point one five times. I got it. you know? I don't like the repetition.
0: Okay. You know? That's, so, that's, see, that's I'm, really I'm getting minor, that's, That is a
1: pet peeve. It man. is a pet peeve. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. Overcomplicated slides and old fashioned slides. Okay. Um, do you know I don't like slides to begin with PowerPoints made 15 years ago don't look good now so it's time to change things up a little bit um, <laughs> do you know can, can I give a positive if we've we got yeah, time for we got, we, we got yeah 30 seconds to do some positive okay, okay. Uh, Matt Chandler does this really good he okay. says he asks his church to look right at him mm. so he'll say hey church look at me, look you at know, me. lift your eyes up look at me yeah. and that's when he's making a really clear point usually about yeah. the gospel I really like that. I love that. You know get the you know attention. what's
0: funny? It's the only thing my daughter remembers from – so he preached at the For the Church conference here two or three years ago. My Both my daughters were present. One of them, the only thing she remembered from Matt's preaching was the look at me, and it made her uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's like, uh, ah. Yeah, the up. two things I remember is look at me and Elder Check. I'm <laughs> I, and I'm like,
1: the elder's not gonna pull you down. You, yeah. Just because you say Elder Check. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, um and then the other one is Jim Hamilton um at Southern, fantastic. Yeah. Um I remember our conference, he stood up, he held his Bible, and he was co- he was doing an overview of the Old Testament and Christ in the Old Testament, and he was quoting verses almost every minute for mm. an hour long. And he would never open his Bible. He would just quote them and he would read, you know, yeah, word for yeah. word. And my wife were in, uh, and I were in this conference and we were checking every verse uh, and we stopped halfway through because every verse was perfectly accurate. Wow. And he knew his Bible and his material so well, he didn't even need to look at his Bible. He's, now, done, that's it, a,
0: he's done it more than four times probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that, that, that's a particular skill. Mm. I preached for 10 years and I, yes, I still yes. have an inability to do that. But just that level of depth of knowledge yeah. that there's no doubt in your mind where that verse in is. And preparation. Yeah. yeah. It's really thought, you know, you can tell he's not, he's not winging it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Don Carson as well. I, I think I'm just telling you, you're my yeah, preacher. Yeah. Don Carson is the most dynamic preacher who doesn't move, doesn't pace, <laughs> barely looks up, yeah. no increase of volume or speed. He just stands and talks for an hour. And the reason he's captivating is because he knows his stuff. And he loves Jesus. And it's so obvious. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the dynamism, if you don't have that, that doesn't mean you're a bad yeah, passion preacher. Passion
0: doesn't mean performance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: It means passion for Christ, which flows out in, in your sermon. That's good. I had to say a few, a few good ones because yeah. I felt like no, I that, a That's a good note
0: there. to end on. Passion for Christ um, is not the same thing as performance. Yeah. And you may not be the dynamic, engaging, hand-waving, bringing the plane in kind of preacher, yeah. but you can still exult in the pulpit. And lead others to do so as well. Hey, we got twenty-two minutes out of it. I don't know what Barrett's doing. He's I was out supposed there, to say he's Barrett. Stewing. Still, still, he's out of right? eye so we won't. Maybe see we him should fill him in and say, "Hey, what's your pet peeves?" That's right. <laughs> Let's go again. His pet peeves are people who go too long in the in the production <laughs> the, studio, the podcasting room. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson found online at ftc.co This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri where we train leaders for the church.